0: History is filled with almosts. With those who almost adventured, who almost achieved, but ultimately, for them it proved to be too much.
1: If you've been watching a lot of TV lately, you might have seen this.
0: Then there are others. The ones who embrace the moment and commit.
1: Matt Damon in all black striding through a hall of CGI mountain climbers and explorers, a Wright brother, some astronauts. Matt Damon is telling you to be brave, commit, take a risk, a risk on cryptocurrency.
0: With four simple words that have been whispered by the intrepid since the time of the Romans. Fortune favors the brave. My reaction was, of course. Of course. Of course there's a $100 billion ad starring Matt Damon that's gonna play on every single sports game that I ever want to watch. It's all, it's gonna be haunting me.
1: If you recognize that voice, it's because it belongs to someone who knows pop culture pretty well. Actor and director Ben McKenzie. Maybe better known as Ryan Atwood from The O.C.
0: Let me tell you something, okay? Where I'm from, having a dream doesn't make you smart. Knowing it won't come true, that does.
1: Ben's teenage heartthrob days are behind him. He's a dad now. And he and journalist Jacob Silverman are writing a book, and writing for Slate, about crypto.
0: I spent 20 years in showbiz where people lied to me a lot because showbiz people just lie to you all the time. Not even, they're not trying to scam you. This is just like the currency of the place. And so I sort of recognized some telltale signs of what felt to me like sort of exaggeration promotion and lack of substance on a lot of these sort of schemes that existed in crypto and exist currently in crypto. And that left me with a lot of questions. And so when I saw Jacob's reporting, I just reached out to him because I felt like we
2: might be kindred spirits
1: So we called them up to talk about their mutual obsession. Here's Jacob.
2: There's so much money being poured in, both in companies and in marketing, especially, and so much salesmanship. And some people are starting to see through that or ask questions about what are we really being sold?
1: Today on the show, Jacob and Ben on what's being sold and who's doing the selling. Why do Matt Damon, Tom Brady, and Kim Kardashian want you to buy crypto anyway? When Matt Damon's Crypto.com ad aired on Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago, social media went predictably nuts. There were a lot of bad jokes on Twitter about how over-the-top it was or about Damon really liking money. But the thing is, Damon is not the lone A-list celebrity hawking cryptocurrency.
0: Our currency is not current.
1: Among others, there's Spike as as Lee. it
0: looks, is flat-out broke. And Tom Brady. Me. I'm getting into crypto. With FTX. You in?
1: Alec Baldwin.
0: So join eToro and start trading the world's top
1: markets. And Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> crypto is cool. Go to coinflip.tech to find any... I wanted Ben to tell me why these famous people, who presumably don't lend their image to just any advertisement, are all suddenly endorsing crypto.
0: What makes it work? Money. The same thing that always makes it work. Money. Re- real money. Then you have PR firms who reach out to agents and reps and like, you know, money gets negotiated. And we're talking big money. I mean, a $100 million ad campaign for Crypto.com. I don't know what payment got paid, but it's obviously millions of dollars.
1: And Ben is really frustrated by this. You can hear it in his voice.
0: I'm disappointed that they're taking money to do something like this when... You know, if you sort of talk to, like, talk to a financial expert, talk to somebody, you must have people in your lives who do handle your money. Like, is this the advice they're giving you to just to, to chill for these companies? And is it worth it? Why are celebrities usually so conservative about this? Well, because they have a brand to protect. They have an image to protect, right? Like they don't want to, you don't want to, not allowed anymore, but like they, don't, they wouldn't be selling cigarettes, right? From the celebrity standpoint, I just think we need to reflect upon what we're doing, Right. Like we do have some obligation. And wouldn't you feel bad if your fans lost money because you gave them bad financial advice, even though you say that's what you're you're not doing?
2: Hmm. I think also one thing that's worth noting, and this is something that Ben and I are, are uh, discovering in our reporting, the celebrities may not know what they're shilling. I, I think that's probably pretty fair to say in a lot of these cases. Um, Some of them are more involved than others, but a lot of these deals are brokered through sort of third parties or or marketing agencies or people or sort of groups with which a celebrity might not have an established business relationship. So there's a real problem with lack of due diligence and investigation of who are these people because there's not much incentive to. You know, if if you take the money and promote the coin and then the coin does its thing, it sort of gets lost in all the froth of the market.
1: In the same vein, celebrities are also putting their names and their fame behind NFTs, non-fungible tokens. If you're still confused about them, by the way, it can help to think of NFTs as digital collectibles. They're stored on a blockchain, like cryptocurrencies, but the data is unique. An NFT could be art made by Paris Hilton or music by Grimes. Eminem has sold NFTs. So is Snoop. Tony Hawk. Lots of celebrities with a ready-made audience of fans who are willing to pay for something that makes them feel both special and closer to someone famous.
2: You know, what's marketed sometimes to customers or users, retail traders, whatever you want to call them, is access or sort of a parasocial relationship with that celebrity. NFTs always use the term community. There's this idea of community that's being constantly pushed. So it definitely hinges on this idea that you have more access to the celebrity and you have a little something that you have sort of a slightly better, relate a closer relationship because you get a limited NFT and they might post something for their, for their members and audience in that supposed community.
1: You guys called this a moral disaster back in October. Jacob, tell me why.
2: Well, I think, and I think Ben probably agrees with me that these folks are are essentially leading their fans to into the casino to gamble. And people know that there are risks, but the risks are often unknown. And so are the rules by which you're gambling. And it's often marketed to you as an investment with almost no downside and kind of a new possibility to to get rich. Um, So I think in a way, there's so much uh, salesmanship and so much money here and also so so few incentives to really be honest, no matter where you are in this ecosystem, Uh, because everyone is just hoping that number go up, as they say, and that you're able to cash out at the top. the the price of these assets is pretty much driven by FOMO and trending topics and virality and no real economic fundamentals underneath all of that combines with the celebrity, the big celebrity and premature to drive these very volatile prices.
0: Yeah. And crypto exchanges are the equivalent of unlicensed, unregistered casinos, in my opinion, at least the overseas ones are. Most of the trading in crypto is done in overseas exchanges, exchanges, with very little regulation the mar- market is highly concentrated highly illiquid there are huge whales playing games with the stuff that um that can very easily lead to a lot of manipulation
1: yeah but to poke it at some of this a little bit like if people want to spend their money on something promoted by a celebrity whether it's like flat belly tea or an nft or buying some obscure coin Shouldn't they be allowed to make that mistake?
0: Absolutely. I mean, they should absolutely be allowed to make a mistake for something that's clearly advertised as what it is. But I don't see Matt Damon saying, you know, what are you, a wimp? You're not going to gamble on an unlicensed, unregistered security? I just feel like we've sort of transitioned past sort of false marketing and into something a little more pernicious.
1: When we come back, these markets are exploding without any real regulation. Right now, there's almost no regulation of cryptocurrencies or NFTs, but there is bipartisan agreement that something, though exactly what is unclear, should be done in Washington, even if it's just warning people, hey, buyer beware. I feel like every conversation that that I have on this show um, about cryptocurrency, NFTs, or even actually a lot of aspects of big tech, Jacob, come back to the the question of regulation and the fact that tech's mo- tech moves fast and washington moves slowly do you see any universe in which there is a a regulatory framework that kind of has the caveat emptor stuff labeled out there the way you guys want it to be because that doesn't seem to be happening at least not anytime soon
2: yeah it's hard to say i mean it's hard to have faith in in the U.S. government to properly and swiftly regulate industries and to I mean, also, I think we should say to prosecute bad actors because, I mean, there are criminal elements in crypto. That's not shouldn't be a controversial thing to say. Um, We know that some companies, at least Tether, is being criminally investigated for bank fraud by the DOJ.
1: Tether is a stable coin, by the way, a cryptocurrency where the value is pegged to the U.S. dollar. The idea is that stablecoins are less volatile than other cryptocurrencies. On Wednesday, the Securities and Exchange Commission chairman Gary Gensler said he hoped to see the U.S. regulate crypto exchanges, the platforms where cryptocurrencies traded, sometime this year.
0: Yeah, and and, and we should point out that the United States is kind of late to the game here. There's a a big divide between sort of our acceptance of quote-unquote financial innovation and what separates that from, from scams.
2: And it gets at this question of what kind of innovation is happening here. Are we really liberating people financially or giving them new ways to spend and transmit money? Or are we doing more innovation in ransomware payments and new types of Ponzi schemes and new rug pulls? And my fear, it's more of the latter.
1: I think you're touching on something that has made crypto attractive, that there is a lot of... Distrust of institutions, right? Distrust of banks as as, a you know, an aftermath of the financial crisis. And so what do you do with that? What do you do with the kind of yearning to be independent that I think can lead some people to be really interested in cryptocurrency to, to think, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to operate outside of the big guys who just want to screw over little people.
2: Well, I think we are critical of sort of the some of the big companies and the bad actors, but you really do have to have a sympathy towards people who sort of honestly or legitimately try to gamble on this stuff. Uh, you have to point to, you know, not just erosion of our institutions and our democracy, but uh, record income inequality, lack of um, uh, the minimum wage still being far lower than should. Um, And, you know, what you hear a lot when we talk to people from this industry, whether it's an an average retail trader who's just got a thousand bucks on the line or um, someone who's a a big time trader moving a lot of money, is that um, it seems like one of the few possibilities to really make big gains these days and sort of a way out. It's become this kind of aspirational thing. Hmm. You also have this this desire, I think, understandable, but somewhat misplaced in this case that, okay, we are going to overthrow the big banks or something like that. What we try to tell people is that crypto takes a lot of the current system of kind of uh, supercharged capitalism and makes it potentially even worse and just removes more guardrails and tries to replicate some existing banking or financial institutions in even more harmful ways. So while it sort of preaches some kind of revolution, we actually think it's um, taking the status quo and pushing it in an even farther direction. That's the wrong way.
1: Ben, if you end up kind of reduced right now to Ryan from the O.C. doesn't want you to buy crypto. Are are you cool with that?
0: Totally cool with that. I'm so cool with that. And I just hope that people are aware of the risks. I guess I keep going back to that because I can't. All we can say is there's a lot of red flags everywhere. The cryptocurrency system that that advocates want to replace the current system. I'm not sure that the cryptocurrency system would be any better. I fear it would be far worse.
1: Jacob Silverman, Ben McKenzie, thank you both very much.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Jacob Silverman is a staff writer at The New Republic, and Ben McKenzie is an actor, writer, and director. That's our show for today. This episode was produced by Ethan Brooks and Benjamin Frisch. We're edited by Tori Bosch and Alison Benedict. Alicia Montgomery is the executive producer for Slate Podcasts. TBD is part of the larger What Next family, and it's also part of Future Tense, a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. I want to recommend that you go back and listen to Tuesday's episode of What Next, on the popularity and growing influence of conservative media personality Dan Bongino. I'm Lizzie O'Leary, thanks for listening.